Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Brian Foster on Kardak Radio, presenting the program Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us. Hello, this is Brian Foster, and we are streaming to three different areas tonight. It's four o'clock. Pacific Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. This is our regularly scheduled uh, broadcast every Sunday at 4 Pacific, 7 uh, Eastern, in all time zones throughout the world. Um, so we are, we are broadcasting through, uh, we're live broadcasting through Facebook on the Facebook site, Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us, which is new. We just did that a couple weeks ago. We are also on Kardak Radio, which is a radio app that you can listen 24 hours a day on your uh, iOS, your Apple device, or your Android device. Just go to the, either the PlayStation or the App Store and look up Kardak Radio, and you can download it, and you can listen to me live on Sundays or recorded or all sorts of spirits, much better than I am. Spiritist speakers talk about everything about spiritism, and uh, I think you've really enjoyed it in times when when you may need it. So again, that's there. And then we're also on Blog Talk Radio, which you can actually call in and speak to me. Now on Facebook, you can certainly write comments, and I'll I'll talk to the comments. But if you would like to on Blog Talk Radio, it's the guest call in number is eight five eight. Seven six nine four seven zero five. Again, that guest call in number is eight five eight seven six nine four seven zero five. Or you can use the chat. If you scroll down a bit on the screen for if you're on Blog Talk Radio, there's a chat you have to sign into, and you can use that also. But I think more people are you starting to use the chat from uh, from the Facebook, which is actually very easy uh, for me to use. So. You know, that, whichever way you like to do it, it's wonderful, but we're, we're broadcasting three different channels, so uh, technology advances. So again, I'm Brian Foster. Tonight, tonight our program is interesting. So it's, I called it nature versus nurture, but it really is what makes people different. Is it DNA or how people are raised and the environment they grow up and exist in or a combination of both, or is there more? And I... In my contention, is there is actually a third factor. Oh, and then uh, Teresa says, good evening, good evening to you. I'm so happy you can make our live stream on Facebook. It's a new exciting thing for us. So, get back to the subject. So, what makes people what they are? And, of course, people who are not into spiritism or spiritualism, Mostly believe, uh, I think most people believe it's a combination of inheritance from your parents and your environment. I think most, you know, some people believe one way or the other. I think uh, most of us know that there's always factors involved. And and so what I want to present to you tonight, and, and please, you know, call me up and talk to me or say I'm wrong or, you know, give me your opinions or anything else you'd like to speak about is really what makes up ourselves. Now, what is different than the people, most of the people, not all the people, who debate nature versus nurture, you know, mainly DNA or, or your environment, is the fact that 
spiritists, and of course, Buddhists, other people, spiritualists, many people believe in the concept of reincarnation. And that is one of the missing links I think people think about when we understand who we are and why they are. And then if you look at families, why are families the way they are? Why, you know, why do, you know, why? So let's talk about this. Before I start, I would like to, I'd like to go in this passage in this book. And it's from the book Hell Christ. It's uh, psychographed by uh, Chico Xavier, Francisco C. Xavier. And I recommend, of course, all of his books. You can look them up on Amazon. Or you can go to my blog site, nwspiritism.com. And on the top right, uh, there's a picture of Alan Kardec. You can click on that picture. It'll take you to the EDICEI uh, bookstore. And you can see all sorts of books in English, which uh, all in one place by Chico Xavier, uh, Leon Denis, um, uh, Devaldo Franco, which actually someone live streamed on the Spiritism Spirit World before talking about Planet and Transition, and I just forgot her name, but it was, uh, and I read that book, and it's a wonderful book, and I recommend, it's brand new in English, I recommend that to anyone who would like to learn more about Spiritism and what is in store for our planet, it's a very interesting book. So, in the book, Help Christ, which was inspired or dictated to uh, Chico Xavier by the uh, Spirit Emmanuel, which is, was his spirit mentor. And it, the book takes place about 200, 250 A.D. Uh, and a Christian, this is the time Christians are still persecuted, but it's been about 200, 250 years after uh, Jesus. And a Christian is talking about the need to treat equally all people. And the listener asked, and especially now, think about their own world, right? There's, there's patricians, there's plebeians, there's, there's slaves, you know, there's, there's people in the army. You know, people are stratified, right? You are what you are, and, you know, they think, you know, the gods, you know, made you that way because, you, of course, you were superior. So the listener asked, this Christian, well, how could everybody be equal? And this is one of the reasons, probably, why the Roman Empire who accepted many religions very easily, just really resisted Christianity. And the answer is full of insights as to how the spirit realm operates and how the earth will eventually evolve. So this is what, this is what he says. And this was on, let me make sure, page 200 to 201. This is the answer given to this, this inquisitive person to a Christian in uh, 200 uh, AD. That's what he said. My son... I am not referring to equality through violence. That would put the good and the bad, the just and the unjust, on the same level. I am alluding to the need for fraternity and civility. I see life as a huge machine whose living parts, us, should all function harmoniously. Some people are born for tasks that are very different from our own, just as there are those who see the common pathway differently than we see it. If we are aware of the fact that our spirits live on earth countless times, we change the course of our work from life to life. Just as the primary school student of reading and writing ascends little by little to the highest degrees of education. Consequently, we cannot see how it would be possible to equalize the classes because it would be impractical. Personal effort and its consequent merit are natural boundaries between souls, not just incarnates, but discarnates too. Here and in the hereafter. So he just said that. 
Hierarchy will always exist as the inevitable mainstay of order. Each tree produces according to its kind, and each one deserves more or less appreciation according to the quality of its production. We can perhaps achieve the necessary balance in our understanding by replacing the words master and slaves with overseers and workers. So, no matter how we see it, what personality we see is all souls are on the path to ascend. But not all are at the same level at any one point. And therefore, those who have superior experience and knowledge have the duty to lead those who have not yet attained the required degree. Nevertheless, everyone, all should be treated with love and respect. And so notice how he also said personal merit exists here and hereafter. So this telegraphs what we already know about the spiritual society. That is led by a meritocracy, a true meritocracy meritocracy, right? You're not, you didn't pay someone to get that position. You're not someone's son or daughter. You, you know, uh, it is really based on on how well you do. And spiritual art power are in those positions because they deserve to be. And the spirit world is guided by a fraternal, kind of a fraternal socialist order where all goods are provided by God and directed by chosen servants for the benefit of all. Now, Saying that we are all we are all on different levels, and we all see things differently. So what what does that mean, right? What what does that mean to us as far as nature versus nurture? So first, people have different people who, since we are souls and spirits, and we reincarnate, and we reincarnate at different uh, spiritually mature maturity levels, we will be different just because of that. So that's one factor. No matter how we came out with our DNA, intelligence or whatever. In fact, um, in my book, The Case for Reincarnation, I discussed that. So I discussed that with Andre Luis's, you know, DNA, how does it affect us? How, you know, how much does it affect us? Because even, because uh, Luis, uh, uh, um, Andre Luis, Ask this, you know, what about DNA? Because of course it has its effect. So let's talk about its effect now. So, yes, I mean, and there's remember, there's so many factors in here, and and that the spirit world is so complex and intelligent, it can combine all these different factors, right? It knows the outcome of all these. It's much smarter than we are. Thank heavens. So let's first talk about how this works. So let me step back one one moment and talk about the human body itself. So current science believes we are a carbon-based person, right? We are organic. We grow up because of the food we eat, it's transferred into energy, into matter, and when we die, it all disappears. Well, there's more to that. There's more to that. And it's actually... We are composed, us physically on earth, we're composed of three parts. We are composed of the spirit, which is our whole spirit essence. The paraspirit, which connects the spirit to the body, and the third part, the physical body. Now think of that. Think of that paraspirit, first it covers your whole body. But I'm, and I'm going to make it simpler than it probably uh, is right now. Think of that paraspirit as a small pipe, right? And you can only get 
so much of that pipe. And therefore, what you, everything you remember, everything that's happened to you gets uploaded to, the, um, to your spirit body. But not everything from your spirit body comes to you. That's why your dreams uh, are more symbolic because your, your physical human brain uh, can't really decipher much of what you've seen because you have no basis of knowledge for that. So that's why also when you see people who are mentally impaired, whatever, that doesn't mean they're mentally impaired in the spirit world. It just means they're here on earth for a reason to be mentally impaired, to be lesser IQ or some people more IQ. Now, of course, genetics plays a part on the capacity for that, but then there's also limiting factors. So this paraspirit does a lot to us. So, And then within ourselves, there's control centers, force centers, chakras, if you want to to call them, and then that paraspirit covers all those uh, all those chakras. Now, that's one of the reasons we're different. Now, let's talk about another reason with DNA. Again, with Henri Luis, and I discussed that in my book, The Case for Reincarnation. You can learn. I have a whole section in my blog, nwspiritism.com, on the case, uh, all about reincarnation, what it means, how how we design our bodies, everything. I mean. We, you know, most of us, not all of us, it's the, I would say the, the people who have been in one of the levels of heaven in their previous life usually get a chance to select their own uh, next incarnation of, of their body and types and, and a lot of the trials. They, they do that with a spiritist mentor. So what, what, what are we talking about now? So what, what, do we, what is your DNA effect? So one of the things that modern science thinks, although this is changing now, is they had really said, well, DNA is just full of mostly junk. There's only that. There's only so many things that, that uh, attach themselves and that we get, you know, what our body looks like and all that type of stuff. Well, in Andre Luis's book, they talked about times, and also other books I've read, like uh, Camino Bronco, where they are planning reincarnation and they say, oh, okay, well, this person's going to have, you know, an ulcer at, at age, about age 45. And this person's going to have cancer at another age. And that is a pre-planned disease. And that's all, those are all like triggers that are in the DNA and they will know when that happens and then that will, and that will happen. It's, so even a lot of our diseases, why there's difference between DNA and environment of what we people think, right? We have DNA with two parents who both maybe have this predilection to a certain type of cancer. It may be that we're born in that family, so then we will turn on at the same time also, but then again, it could be independent of that. Depends on how much, uh, in what path the spirit world wants to take us on our trials. So what I'm trying to say is a lot, yes, there is nature versus nurture, a lot depends on our DNA. A lot depends on the kind of family we grow up in. But a lot depends on what was planned for us, too, as far as physically. Now, let's, let's talk about more. So let's talk first about childhood, right? So you see a child that kind of looks like the parents, right? It all makes sense, doesn't it? Now, again, what spiritism tells us, is that we, we're not allowed to remember past lives. Thank heavens for that. There's very good reasons. You don't want to know if you're a child and you were born into a family that you actually may have done harm to your mother or father or your brother or sister. Because the spirit world always wants to bring us together and get us uh, 
talk to each other, right? Get us in in step with each other. So, um, so what happens is that we are a child, and we are we don't really we are really moldable clay, right? As children are are meant to be moldable clay. They're they're hopefully not all are given parents that will help their moral, spiritual, and character-building upbringing. And, in, in exact, and let's take from the Bible, right? And Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this with your good pleasure. So again, they're talking about the fact that children are, are hopefully somewhat blank plates so they can begin again and they can be molded. And many of us need that, right? Because we're here on earth, a planet of atonement, of chaos. And we need to have that uh, that next lesson to get ready to learn even more lessons during one physical life. So I I believe that that we're that that's for a purpose, and that's knowledge. They know who our parents are. And that also is another reason why they don't let us remember past life. There are parts of children that do, and I'll get into that in a minute. But that way we don't come with, like, we already done that before. We, we knew that, right? Because how are you going to learn when you think you've done that before? I mean, th- think of how when tr- someone tries to tell you something over again, you're like, oh, I don't want to go through that again. I know that already. Well, that's why we're reset. A lot of our memories are reset, although we do have our instinct and our conscience, right? I've, I've talked about that before. Again, that's all in my book, The Case for Reincarnation, of what we do have when we are incarnated once again. So, what what does that mean? So, we are done that. And let me give you an example of why we should not have our past memory. And this was in one of the books by, again, Andre uh, Louise. Marvelous books. I recommend all of his books. No Solar is the first one you should read. That's the first book in order. And so this is what uh, a spirit, uh, Joel, talked about when he was in the reincarnation uh, pavilion, talked about why he failed on earth. And he says, my failure is not because of too much sensitivity, but because of how I used it. I understand now God allows some individuals to have superior sensitivity so they can use it as a tool. So this person came as a medium, right? A kind of powerful magnifying lens that helps them see the right course of life for themselves and others that they're supposed to help. This extra sensitivity can help perceive life's path, identify dangers and shortcuts, and clearly see the obstacles. Instead of using the gift in that way, all I did was use it to satisfy my work curiosity about myself. Now this person talking was given the gift of actually seeing his past lives. That's what he said. To fulfill my role of helping others, my expanded perception included the ability to remember my past lives. So, stop there for a second. My expanded perception. He was gifted that. So he was born with certain DNA and certain certain parents, and yet he was all, you know, in in addition to that, the spirit world had already decided, oh, we're going to give him this extra gift because... He has a mission to do on Earth, expanded sensitivity, so he can help others. So again, this is this is you know part of something else 
besides nature and nurture. This is spiritual. Spiritual affects us. So it's interesting what he did. He goes, to fulfill my role, uh, my, my role of helping others, my expanded perception included the ability to remember my past lives. Most people can't recall their own past, and for good reason. In my case, I was supposed to use that knowledge in my service to help others. Not to obsess about it, and that's where I failed. I began to obsess about a previous existence within which I had been Monsignor Alejandro Pizarro, who participated in the last years of the cruel Spanish Inquisition. That's when I started misusing the spiritual magnifying lens I told you about. The excitement and sensations were inebriating. It was as if I was addicted to drugs or alcohol and then I neglected all my previously accepted responsibilities. I started spending all my time trying to locate the people who had been companions during my centuries before. I forced myself to find each and every one of them in space and time, reconstituting their biographical sketches, completely ignoring the work I was supposed to do. So, it kind of went off topic there, but that just shows you that that um, what can happen, right? So this is a completely independent thing of nature versus nurture. So that's an example of what happens if we know too much and are unable to focus on what we need to learn. It's like sitting in the classroom with the TV blaring, showing you scenes from your previous existences, while at the same time attempting to comprehend the basic facts of algebra, right? So I've already taken algebra. I can't, you know, I'm not going to answer that one. I had a much more exciting time at this period of life. So, there are other reasons, too, as well. And in the Gospel according to Spiritism, it says, a spirit is frequently reborn into the same environment in which it already has lived and finds itself in relationships with the same individuals in order to repair the evil it did to them. If it were to recognize in them those whom it used to hate, perhaps its hatred would reawaken. In any case, it would feel humiliated in the presence of those it offended. So therefore, you need to forget the past. But now, childhood. And again, this is why we go through childhood. What is the, and in the Spirit's book, question 383, which is one of these wonderful things that, that, uh, that people, uh, that Alan Kardec did as the codifier of Spiritism. I recommend anybody read the Spirit books. Again, if you go to my blog, nwspiritism.com, and click on his picture. You can find his book on the EDICI website. And also, you look up Alan Kardec, The Spirit's Book. You can find all his books on PDF. So, question 383. What is the use for a spirit of passing through the state of infancy? And the, the answer is the aim of incarnation is the improvement of the spirit subjected to it. And the spirit is more accessible during childhood to the impressions he receives, which may conduced to his advancement and the end to which all those who are entrusted with his education should contribute. So therefore, as I were young, we have the opportunity to change and the disposition to change and get better instincts for the better. We're more open. You know how kids are. They're, they're wonderful. And they, they will change, right? And, if, and, it, and it's... Re- point is reinforced later in the statement in Spirit's book. The weakness of corporeal youth tend to render them more pliable, more amenable to the counsels of those who experience should aid their progress. It is thus that evil tendencies are repressed and faulty characters are gradually reformed. So again, that points to what is one of our most important missions on earth, and that is 
to be a good parent. So, now that's affected by environment. You have this child. Now, also remember that that a mother, with uh, spiritism tells us, is connected to the child for almost seven years. Right? The blood cell works. It's, it's a very interesting connection. They tell us about how the mother's blood is still helping the child, even up to seven years of age. And in fact, it's said in the books, Andre Luis, that a guardian uh, angel is assigned to that almost constantly until that age, where then you know, it doesn't have to be constant all the time. So, so when does, now the question is, when does a child become more influenced by its past experiences? So this is one of the major other of between the nature and nurture. And this is, and the answer in the Spirit's book says, but when ch- ch- children no longer need this protection, this assistance, which has been giving them during 15 or 20 years, up to 15 or 20 years, they're, they're kind of still molded, and they're the characters their families kind of put into them. Depends. Their real character and individuality reappears in all of its nudity. He who is really good remains good, but even then his character reveals many traits and shades that were hidden during earlier years. We thought it was just being a teenager. It's more than that. It's a real character comes through. And therefore, it's, it's not just the teenage rebellion that's occurring, but a re- reawakening of a person's true disposition and character. Now, you could say you look at families and you say, well, you know, everyone's kind of like in this family. It you know, looks genetic to me. They're all calm or, or whatever. And again, that is a, a big reason of that is because of the law of, of affinity, right? Like gathers with like in the spirit world, world. and then in, in, let's say in heaven, you've got people with with same characteristics, same attitudes, and these people gather together, and they've probably been families, life after life after life, and therefore they tend. Even when they get out of their young years into their teenage years, they tend to have the same type of personalities. Interesting, is it not? So, this is why, right? You know, Freud says, "Well, everything's because of childhood." Well, he should have just looked back, previous lives, not just childhood traumas, but previous lives. Think of all the traumas you have in your in your previous life and how that affects you. In fact. Um, I wrote a book, again, is, is The Problem is the Solution. It's on my blog, nwspiritism.com. Again, it's The Problem is the Solution. Talk about different trials you go through and, you know, maybe why you went to that trial. And also try to have the attitude that, hey, I'm going through this hard period, but hopefully I've learned from it. Because if you can learn from it and rise above it, then you don't have to take that class again, right? You're done, you're done with, that, uh, with that test. And you know, that'd be a wonderful thing to be done with that test. So, so I thought that was very interesting, is that the true nature of the child starts coming out. So let's talk about now why so why are some people why are some people cruel, right? So some some of these you know a child can be of a good 
parents, wonderful parents. They can have all, all the benefits, great DNA, a great home life, and they can come out like, oh, my heavens. And so there's multiple reasons for that. There's many cases where parents will agree. While um, in the spirit world, they'll agree to take in a more primitive spirit in their family. So that's why a lot of times you'll see a black sheep in the family. And you'll say parents have you know three or four children. Two or three of the children are just like the parents. They're wonderful, upstate, moral people. And you have this one child that is just a hellraiser. That is, and you know, so sometimes these primitive spirits will learn a lot, and they will they will just really ascend at a certain level. Other times, their true character comes out, and they just can't. They just can't control themselves, and they become the character, you know, of that true spirit, of that primitive spirit, of that lesser maturity. You know, and just as we said at the start, they should be treated with respect, but they're not, they're not mature spirits. Right? They morally, they just want what they want, uh, and they'll go get it. And so this is, uh, there's a question on that. Question 754 in the Spirit's book. Is cruelty a result of the absence of the moral sense? And the answer is, say that the moral sense is not developed, but do not say it is absent, right? Because, again, that's what we're told. Everyone is a combination of, of good and the absence of good. And so, for its principle exists in every man. And in this sense, which is in the course of time, renders beings kind and humane. It exists, therefore, in the savage, but in, in, in him is latent, as the principle of the perfume is in the bud before it opens into the flowers. So it's all there, and they are developed as circumstances are more or less favorable for their development. Also, that is why we have sometimes have to go through pain and suffering to erase those, those hard blemishes. So the excessive development of some of them arrest and neutralize that of others. The, the undue excitement of the material instinct stifles, so to say, the moral sense, as the development of the moral sense gradually weakens the merely animal's faculties. So, hence, less mature souls have not learned the lessons of love, charity, and fraternity are unable to overcome their baser instincts and withhold a temporary gain in favor of a greater reward in the long term. So Alan Kardec could, could understand why civilized, uncivilized people so could easily commit wrongful acts, right? Since the thought of them is less mature and learning curve towards perfection. But he also saw atrocities committed by so-called civilized men and women. Therefore, he asked the next question, 755. How is it that in the midst of the most advanced civilization, we sometimes find persons as cruel as the savages? And this is the answer. Just as on a tree laden with healthy fruit, you may find some that are withered. They may be said to be savages who have nothing of civilization about them but the coat. They are wolves who have strayed into the midst of the sheep. Spirits of low degree and very backwards may incarnate themselves among men of greater advancement in the hope of advancing themselves. But if this trial be too arduous, their primitive nature gets the upper hand. And this is explained further. About a hundred years later, right in the books by Chico Xavier, as Andre Luis comes to Earth and learns more and more about reincarnation. In fact, I have all that in, in my book, The Case for Reincarnation. 
So therefore, we are tasked. You know, some of us are tasked with helping others, and that's why, you know, when people say, well, you know, DNA is the same, or well, all these kids would be the same. They come from the DNA, right? You've heard that argument before, and the answer is, well, it's because of the spirit that was in them. One of the reasons, I'm sure. So, these, this is why, this is why the argument, you know, either environment or DNA, nature versus nurture, as most people call it is not going to be answered if you just look at two sides of the coin. This is not an easy two-sided answer. This is a, you know, maybe hex-sided answer. This is a lot of things that come in there. It could be the mission you're on. It could be your past lives. It's it's the family. Are you, you know, in affinity with the family you were born to? Did you know them before? Or are you a primitive spirit who comes in there, um, you know, as, as a chance to... Uh, Improve yourself. So this really makes a difference. And you could probably see that. So the other thing is, why we're on this, I wanted to keep going, is so how do we get to the plan of regeneration? We have all these primitive spirits, you know, coming coming in. And Alan Kardec in his next question is, we should know when and how this time would come in. This is question 756. Will society of the good be one day purged of evildoers because he was really interesting. Because you know, how can people be cruel? He found that answer. You know, when is this going to end? And he said, the human race is progressing. Those who are under the domin- the domination of the instinct of evil and who are out of place among good people will gradually disappear as the faulty grain separated from the good when the wheat is threshed. But they will be born again on another corporate envelope. And as they acquire more experience, they will arrive at a clear understanding of good and evil. You have an example of this in the plants and animals in which man has discovered and in the art of improving. So, again, when more of us are in, incarnate and we are phys, uh, spiritually more advanced and we try our hardest to be good, that's the planet will start. And that's what a lot of people say now. In the year 2000, more, and more people are going to reincarnate who are assigned to the good. And that's also in Devola Franco's new book, A Planet in Transition. And there's a great passage in there talking about spirits from another planet who came to Earth to, to help us. And this is from a planet, uh, a planet of... It didn't say what it was. It, say, it said an advanced plan. Let's say a, a plan of regeneration. And it's very interesting because they, they would come to Earth and they were going to be, their, their life plan was going to be like a doctor, right, who cares more about their patients than money, a politician who actually wants to service people, not take advantage of them, etc. And they, they, they was asked, okay, what type of life are they going to have, you know, to become this politician or doctor or whatever, mathematician? And they, the answer was, well, you know, they're not going to have any of the big traumatic episodes or the big illnesses. They'll have the small illnesses, colds, flus, etc. But nothing traumatic in their life because they've been through all that before. They don't have those type of lessons to learn. They're here on a volunteer mission. It tells you where we can get to. It tells you while people like that who don't have to go through it could even be born into a terrible family with a bad environment. And yet still come out calm, wise, wonderful people. And, and people have seen this, right? There have been, you know, like an instance, like say President Ronald Reagan, who was a wonderful man, wonderful president. 
And yet he had his alcoholic family, not a good family. But he came out, he, you know, unlike other children of alcoholics who are really have a tough time in life. But there's some people who are unaffected. So think about that. That is why those people are probably superior, mature spirits. We're born in that for some reason, you know, I'm sure that I can't fathom yet, but maybe in the right time, the right place, or the right friends, who will achieve things that one would think, given their environment and the DNA of weak parents who are either drug addicts or alcoholics, yet will still thrive. Again, that shows, not all the time, I'm sure that I'm sure there's some things in free will of these people just this go ahead shows again the uh, importance of of the spirit aspect of your family. So let's talk about spirits are intelligence. So are all spirits equally intelligent up in this spirit world? We know that all humans aren't, right? That's self-evidence. I mean. We should all be treated with respect, but we know that not everyone has the same mental capacities of others in our physical brain, right? And that no matter how hard someone could try, they'll never approach the intelligence of another, maybe superior intelligent uh, intellect person. And whether uh, a person chooses to advance themselves, develop themselves intellectually, is up to their free will. But nevertheless, each person probably has uh, an upper limit. And I'm sure that that is known to all of us. So the question is, do spirits all have an equal capacity for intelligence? Are some spirits created with an intellectual advantage? So this is in, again, in the spirit's book. There's so many questions answered in the spirit's book. That's why you can't, uh, you can't be reading it. In fact, there's an app you can download it on your, on your iPhone. I use it when I'm on the ferry or something like that. And I just kind of randomly go through and read the questions. It's, it's, uh, it's actually... It's question 127. Are all spirits created equal in point of intellectual capacity? The answer is they are created equal, but not knowing from whence they come, for their free will must have its fling. They progress more or less rapidly in intelligence as in morality. Therefore, we all start out the same. As a spirit, there's no inherent limit. There's no, like, probably for us as physical beings, there is an inherent limit of our intelligence given the way our DNA affects our brain. I could be wrong about that, but but in relation to other spirits, there's, there's no limit. We are all created equally, and, and we all have the capacity in our intellectual ability, in our development of our abilities, like our spiritual quotient is up to us. So intelligence and morality do not necessarily increase together. We have all seen very intelligent individuals who are morally flawed, and we have witnessed the reverse, a nice and loving person who's an average or below intelligence. But a person's IQ doesn't necessarily correspond to their intelligence in the spirit world. And the trial selected for a person may entail a cap of their reasoning. So there's a lot of factors going in here besides just DNA. Yes, yes, created simple and ignorant. <laughs> Which both of us, like me, you still are. I hope I'm still simple and especially ignorant. So... Uh, that was a, a, a remark by a, a Teresa on, on our Facebook site. So there's limiting factors in our physical world, yes. And there's probably nature and nurture does have a play in that. But in the spirit world, we all have the ability. In fact, 
One day, as we all ascend higher and higher, we, our intellect will, will grow along with the morality, but we'll grow at different levels, right, different, different times. And uh, we'll all be, you know, comparable Einsteins or whatever at some point, point in time. That which would be a, a you know wonderful thing. So, spiritism extols the virtues of treating all with respect. So remember that. So that's why if you find someone less intelligent or whatever, know that you know, that's just where they are at that time. That's the spirit. You could both die at the same moment and meet that person and say, "Oh, you're a genius compared to me." They had decided maybe through the trials to, to limit that. So that's why you never know. That's why you got to treat everybody nice because you don't know who you're going to meet in the spirit world later and what they're like. In fact, there was a in the book Beyond the Veil, there was this passage where this well-known author uh, during the, the time is like um, I think about late 1800s, and he was taking lessons from a person who had just in, originally died, but he was a a, 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 a stevedore, so someone who just shoveled coal into, into the burners, right? And yet, when this guy came back, he was superior. So, you just never know where life, life is. You don't, don't, you know. And then, uh, in the book, Liberation, which is a great book, again, I would, it's one of, I, of course, read the Henri Luis series in order. But in the book, Liberation, one of the, uh, kind of the high lords of the, of the underworld, right? The, the dark abyss. The reason in what they said later, the reason he was in there, and the whole book is about getting him out of that, which is fascinating. I can't, I can't uh, urge you to read that more than I could, is that he was an actual pope. I think it's Pope Gregory, and I don't know which number it was. So There's quite a few Pope Gregories. And when he died, he thought he wasn't treated with respect he should have in heaven. Therefore, he said, no, I'm not going to stay here. You know, I'm too good for you guys. He went, he went down. So remember your attitude. Just preparing everybody. You never, you never know. So, so unprogressed human spirits. So what are they like? You know, so again, there's a great passage in one of the books by the Reverend G. Bao Owen, who uh, just a wonderful person. And I'm writing my next uh three books, all about interpreting his book, where he never even talks about spiritism, but everything is spiritism. And in fact, he was referred to many times in the book Voltaire, which I was told is coming out in English. I haven't seen it yet. It's been a week since I checked last, but I can't wait to read it in English. Um, he was actually a person that helped try to bring spiritism or spiritualism uh, to Great Britain and America. So in one of his books called Paul and Albert, and it talks about a spirit in the lower realm. So now remember, we're all created simple and ignorant, just as Teresa said, but we can grow at our own at our own pace. So what you know? So therefore, when you're in the spirit world, or if you're a medium and you're talking to spirits, these spirits aren't all, all knowing. And this is what Alan Kardec's book. The, the medium's book is so great because it teaches you, not that I'm, I'm not a medium, of course we're all intuitive mediums, but um, for people who are or want to increase your mediumship, is read that book. It must help you a lot. My, uh, you know, people, many people have, when they go to spirit, uh, spiritist meetings, 
It teaches you to recognize spirits. It teaches you to understand who's talking to you because you never know, right? And people will actually, spirits will be fraudulent. They'll say there's somebody, they're always saying, I am this high spirit. And, and then Helen Kardec shows you through the conversation, you'll know, you'll know the truth. So let me go back. So in Paul and Albert, which is a very short book, but it's a very powerful book, they they talk about a um, what an unprogressed and more of a primitive spirit was. And I thought people here would find it interesting because you you know you may even hear some in if you're in meetings meetings or or if you pass on later and um, you can understand them. So in the book, uh, Paul and Albert they first notice a relatively immature human spirit in the church. Now this church was in uh, in the lower zone. Right? It was not in one of the levels of heaven. It was in the lower zone where they're trying to talk to spirits saying, you know, look, open your heart, start seeing the light. And the church is there. It's a place for suffering souls to go to hear positive messages so they can find their way out to a better place, which you'll see a lot in the books by Andre Louise. And spiritual from higher levels will materialize in that church and talk to the souls gathered there. And the spirit, you know, giving the sermon, opens the talk and starts to delineate what he wants his assembly to understand. So this is the higher spirit telling the people. He goes, meanwhile, I have a few rather interesting things to show you. I brought, with that, brought them with me for that purpose, so you'll be able to picture for yourselves, to a certain degree, what life is like there. I can assure you it is well worth working for, very well worth it. Even just a short journey from the gate, the people have houses like this, and mark you, many of those people have come not direct from the earth life, but from this land where you now live. This is not a very happy country to live in, is it? So he's talking to these people in the lower zone. Ah, well, never mind that. Live in the future, and you'll soon be able to go yonder, and after a time to come back and help your mates whom you have left behind. Now, isn't that worth a bit of patience and endeavor? And then in the crowd, this man says, yes, it is, shouted a man in the congregation. Yes. And, and then another one says, damn, well, worth it. Right? Another one said. And so they were enthusiastic. And then they asked, they go, well, you know, in the lower zone, in the lower zone, is, there's, there are people who were well-educated souls while they lived in their physical bodies, and they drifted this place because of a lack of spirituality, and they didn't treat their hum, fellow human beings with love and honesty. They were primarily selfish and materialistic. But there are exceptions. And, and uh, they're asked in this book, so, you know, can you, why is this person so enthusiastic? He seems like, why is he in the lower zone? You know, these couple of guys, they were just, they, oh, this is great. Why am, you know, let's go there. And and the spirit Kathleen says, okay, you know, there's a certain type of soul in the lower zone who just gravitated to the lower zone. And this is what she said. The man who created this diversion was a horse breeder in a large way in the earth life, a man of great wealth. To see him now, his friends of those old days would have been somewhat surprised. He turned about and surveyed the audience with a smile and the attitude of a pleased schoolboy. Then he sat down, well contented. He was of a nature unprogressed rather than malicious, a low type of the human species. It's not being, being mean, they're just kind of classifying it. There are many sets. They do not descend to the lower hells on the universe. They just go their own place. 
which is where we have seen him on the borderline between light and shadow. Here they are unhappy for a time, but the same lack of spiritual conception which places them there acts as also as a counter irritant. They soon begin to adjust themselves to their environment and find more or less of ease because it is in sympathy with their own character. So long as there is no active hatred or other weakness in their hearts, they make progress slowly but steadily, and in that find satisfaction. They are incapable of any great good or great evil. They are, of course, higher intelligence and spirit content than even the highest of animals, but they are among the least development of humankind. So, a lot of times we think of primitive spirits, we think of people grabbing right, maybe robbing, taking what they want, you know, being completely selfish. But there are these other types of primitive spirits that are just happy-go-lucky, wonderful people. They're, they're not sophisticated yet. They haven't, they haven't learned that. Remember, they all have this, this same capacity of being intelligent and spiritual that all of us do, but they're just, they're just who they are. And this person was very wealthy. He was a horse breeder, right? He knew his horses. He probably he felt affinity for the horses. And he probably was always a great friend to everyone. So, again, think of him when he reincarnates. He may be successful or may be a day laborer, but he will probably be a very nice person no matter what, who has the capacity, probably much better than I ever had, of staying away from, from the inherent cruelty that maybe a lot of us have been through. So, again, is, that, is he that way of his DNA or his family? Or also because his level of maturity in the spirit world based with his basic character of being a very happy-go-lucky type person. And we've all seen that, right? We've known these people at school who are, you know, not the brightest ball, but great people. And we should respect them as, as, as that. So, and we're lucky to know them. So now let's talk about another type of person. And this is interesting. Because sometimes the people with the hardest time on earth are those who are one of the higher spirits, one of the higher level spirits. It's kind of like the same it's kind of like the same thing as in the spirits book and you read, you know, what are the hardest trials? Well, to be rich and you think to yourself, to be rich. But yes, and the more you think about it, the more you say, yes, it is hard being rich. First of all, you can get away with too much. You can be mean to people and no one calls you on it. And you have all sorts of temptation all the time. You can act like a complete idiot and get away from it. Get away with it, I should say. So, but a high spirit coming to earth how does the earth affect them? Imagine those people in uh, Duvaldo's Franklin who came from a higher planet. Imagine their shock when they come to earth and they go, oh my God, people are dying on the streets. There's wars between, I mean, this is not consciously, but there's just like this feeling that, well, this isn't right. This, this, isn't, this isn't where, this isn't how people should be treating each other. It's difficult. And there was a great discussion of this. There's a wonderful thing. It's in, it's in my blog called The Difficulties of a High Spirit. And I found it in the communication title, The Life of Jesus. And it's a, reportedly was a communication between the Spirit Jesus to meet in France in the 19th century. Now, 
I don't know if this is authentic or not. So I'll, if it's a piece of spiritual literature or not. So I just, I just, but I thought the paragraph was interesting and it it resonated with truth. It, it was a great read, but I took it with a great result. Usually, I don't when I if I quote things in my articles or my books that aren't spiritual literature, I, I make sure people understand this is not. Uh, that I could find verifiable spiritual literature, right? Because we we come from you know Alan Kardec, Leon Denis, Yvonne Pierre, and then we see these authors reference to each other. They know each other. It's, that, that's why I went to Reverend G. Bow Owen, who wrote the Life Beyond the Veil, because I saw his name in the book Voltaire being a spiritist. So I try to cross reference uh, what I'm doing. So if I do find something interesting, it was like you know I've, I've read like the book of Riantia. Things like that. I'll take parts of them and say, well, this, you know, because look, all the religions—they're all, you know, kind of spiritist in, in origination, um, because you know Jesus and his ministers have all been trying to tell us the same thing for so the planet's been made and humans have been walking on it. So anyway, this guy was a. Uh, it, there was an interesting part in the still in the life of, of Jesus that that really talked about a higher spirit coming to earth. And this is my, one of my own stories. Is I believe when I was a kid growing up, we went to the Episcopalian church, and our minister, the Reverend Saville, was just like the nicest person ever. Calm and cool and loving all the time. In fact, one time his his children painted his car and put like flowers on his car. And then like I was 12 and I said, oh my God, I would have whipped those guys. Well, I'm not going to drive around in that. Of course, he was nice, but I drove all around happy. He was just like the most wonderful person. To me, this is this must have been a high spirit coming to earth and showing this is love. This is a reverend who embodies everything a reverend should be, right? It's marvelous. So, but think of, of what it was. So now let me get to the point. So the reason it's not easy for a higher spirit to come to earth, and it was discussed in chapter eleven in this in this book I saw uh, in uh, it was on the internet. And this is what we are this is what was said. And I thought it was very interesting, very eye opening. A high spirit oppressed by a science that exceeds the power of comprehension of those who surround him often diverts his eyes from the bright horizons and lets combinations of a material order invade his thoughts to associate different forces towards a specific goal, if not glorious immediately, at least, least usable for the future glory. So, he knows that he's on, a, in other words, he's on a technologically primitive planet, right? I'm sure people come from planet regeneration, we're like, oh, what is this? And therefore, they try and get something that's Attainable. So, the spirit honored in the past by productive partnerships with visions, realities, full of promises in the present hour, walks with sure steps. Yes, yes, Rich. May not hire, but more evolved. When yes, that's again, well said. Uh, exactly, right? Help me on those classifications. I don't want to say things like I, I know exactly what I'm talking about because it's hard. It's important to use the right words. So the spirit honored in the past 
By productive partnerships with visions and realities full of promises in the present hour, locks with sure steps, especially in the midst of difficulties, deceits, and revolts that are set up against them by the ignorant and the wicked. So, this more evolved spirit or higher spirit comes. And, of course, you know, just like anybody, right? What's the saying on our, uh, we say? No good deed goes unpunished, right? You're trying to do good. There's all these people stopping you, you know? So, what happens sometimes to these more evolved spirits is the spirit weakens does not recover his or her courage, but convulsively throws himself into the vulgarities of the ideas in accordance with the views of men and transforms that torchlight that he possesses into an incendiary torch. So did, so, they, they take things, they, okay, this doesn't work doing things nicely. I'm going to get what I want by whatever means necessary. And that, you can see that in a lot of people who think they're doing good, but who actually don't do great evil. Think about people who are, who are, you know, like want to change the world. Uh, you know, like, you know, Lenin. Lenin thinks, you know, I'll oh, bring this communist revolution, help the proletariat. Well, what did Lenin and Stalin and the rest of the Russian communist dictators do? They actually murdered actually more people than died in World War II. Mao, who in his own mind, I'm sure, was thinking, I'm going to help liberate the, the, the peasants in the Chinese uh, in the Chinese land. What happened? We killed more than them. Again, you know, more than 20 million by trying to force people to be what they're not ready to be. Because a lot of these people come to Earth you know, seeing, well, if, if people just follow this process, everything would be wonderful. And yet, they don't recognize that they're in a world full of immature not ready for prime time spirits that we're not unselfish, we're not charitable, we're not fraternal. Not all of us, right? We're trying to be. And that is why sometimes these higher spirits, or more evolved spirits, I should say, get get upset and they get impatient. And they say, okay, well, I'm just going to change things. And you'll see that a lot with these people just who will just want to to change society through violence. Now, I'm not saying this is always more of all spirit. I'm just saying this this could be, you know, so, this could be a case for some of them. Some of them are just violent because they want to be violent and they want to do destruction. Yes, so Teresa says, we must change ourselves first before we can change the environment around us. And that is that gets to the point exactly what I have been trying to say is that People who have ideal societies in mind, and it is, it won't work at this point in time. No matter what type of government, if, if it's a monarchy, a republic, a, a democracy, a oligarchy, a communist, a socialist, it it will never achieve what the idealists think it will achieve. Because of who we are. And that is where people need to understand the spiritual aspect of who we are. You can't, you can't change the environment to force a person to be what you want. You can't, if you've seen this, right? In communist dictatorships, 
People were told, would make the new communist man, right? We'll, we'll indoctrinate them since birth. And of course, that doesn't work. And yes, then Teresa said we need to change it inside out. That is exactly it. And that's where these people who have these, these paradises in mind, these utopias, it's a fallacy because we are, we are different levels of spiritual maturity. Now, when we become a plan of regeneration, the areas of making a more fair and good government, because people will work together. You won't have hate and envy, right? Wars. People who want to accumulate power just for power and don't care what they want to do. When you don't have those type of people, the world opens up. Socialism could work just fine. It won't work now. No matter what you do, it will not work well now. I don't want to get too political here, but this is this is kind of all in the nature versus nurture of things, is that this is why, uh, you know, creating a new utopia, unusually, it usually just goes, trickles down into a repressive government because people don't conform how you think they should conform. And that, and no matter what you try to do, change that environment because if, you know if you if you're thinking that, you know, nature is you know nurtures everything. It doesn't work, right? Oh, that's because it's, you know, people of different DNA, they're smarter or dumb or whatever. Well, you know, if you you know if you thought you could in the classroom and document everybody for years, how come that doesn't work too? Well, because our spirit characteristics come out, right? Between 15 and 20, as I said before, the characteristics of our spirits come out. So this is... Um, Hopefully this has been interesting that, you know, what happens on, on this one. So let me end this with, I want to go to one more thing. And this is, this is light in the spiritual, uh, in the world. And, and I just wanted to come of what people see. Uh, I'm, no, I shouldn't say people. Of what spirits, more mature spirits, uh, who are uh, discarnate, who come down and help us. What do they see here on earth? Now, in one of the books uh, by Emmanuel, there, there's this woman who wants, who's on a higher level planet, wants to come to Earth to help uh, a man she she tried to help in love before, and they ask her, "What you want to go to? You want to go to the to the you know the dark? You want to go to the, the planet of darkness?" And, and it was like, "Why would you want to go there?" So that's what Earth. You know, that was in the book, one of the books by Chico Xavier. And now in, in the book, you know, to us, we say, oh, the sky's blue. It's beautiful here, right? And again, in, in the books uh, by Andre Lee, one of the sections he's talked about is he came down to Rio de Janeiro and he saw the people and he saw the buses. And he saw all these clouds, right? These clouds of, of negative emotion and negativity and, and people, you know, just thinking they're, they're, you know, kind of material thoughts, you know, Jealousy, hate, revenge made this, you know, this, he could see, he could see this black cloud. And then, and also in the book, in Beyond the Veil, The Spirit of the Dial, he tells us how higher spirits are able to come to the Earth's sphere and communicate with humans. And I thought this is very revealing. This is what he says. When we come down to your Earth sphere, we see by reason of the spiritual light 
which men have in themselves. And those who are of higher spiritual grade than others, we see so much the more clearly. Were it not for the faculties we possess other than that of sight, we should, as I suppose, have difficulty in finding our way about, and to those whom we would wish to come. But we have these other faculties, and by their use are able to do our work in ministering to you. You will now be able to understand that there is quite literal truth in the words, Who dwells in the light which no man can approach? For a few in the earth life are able to rise many spheres beyond, and the light which streams from above is blinding even to those who are much progressed. So, we who are temporarily encased in our physical bodies, we swim in a sea of spirits, spirits of many levels, incarnate and discarnate. Some who have come to help us, some who have come to hinder us, take pleasure in our our deeds, you know, not maybe not some of them not too bright. The more we learn about the types and capabilities of spirits, the more we can filter out the negative influences and embrace the positive vibrations sent our way. So understanding the spirit universe, how it actually is, how we are part of it, how we are uh, spirits who mature after time, what is, yes, and, and of course, um, Teresa says, Jesus Christ is a higher spirit. So th- that is your like, it even says that in a spirit book, and I forgot what air said. So if you want to talk about higher spirit, Jesus Christ is the higher spirit to um, to idealize, right? If you want to become like that, that's who you, you want to put in that pedestal and say, oh, this is what I need to, to, to be like to become, you know, a better person. So anyway, I want to end this um, in just saying that the the more we understand this, that there are factors involved that we can't blame our parents for everything, you know, no matter what they did, no matter what we look like, right? Me losing my hair because, you know, my mom or dad or whatever, there's other factors involved uh, in our upbringing. And it's, a lot of it comes from our previous spirit life. And as you look at other people, understand that sometimes people can't get out of the ruts they are in and they act irrationally. And to you, it's completely irrational. There's no reason for them to do something like that. But there is always some, there's some reason for that. And it could be from a past life, something that is not apparent to you. That's why you, if you, the more you can be understanding, loving, and helpful, the better off you are. So I want to um, thank everyone for, for listening to me, being with me during this, this wonderful broadcast. Thanks for everyone for uh, for just you know giving me uh, great ideas thanks for everyone who participated in our meeting and again i just want to say that you know please check my blog site out if you're more interested in spiritism there's links to all sorts of different uh, spiritist information you can look at the books i've written i've written those books usually what i've done on most of them is i've taken from other spiritualist literature and kind of put them into different reasons let's say for the case for reincarnation Again, is you know why why are we are who we are, you know, and which is this book here, case for reincarnation, your path to perfection, and it kind of takes books from all sorts of sources and gives you kind of each step of how reincarnation works. My book, Explore Your Destiny, talks about heaven and hell, different uh, uh, spheres around the earth, what the lower zone is like, and what I try to do is accumulate this information, and give that to you. Of course, then I've written other ones that are more personal. Um, 
and you know, like the problem is the solution of why you're going through the life you have, and uh, you know then the seven tenets of spiritualism how it impacts your daily life. Where I talk about how it impacts my daily life, I, how it worked for me. That's probably my most personal book is how I saw the single the signals of what the spirit mentors were trying to tell me. Right for so long I was just as dense as a piece of wood, and I think spiritism really uh, helps you have that heightened sens- sensibility. And thank you, Teresa. I'm glad you enjoyed it very much. I hope everyone else does. And I will uh, start ending our program now. And thank you again so much. I would like to thank everyone for listening to our program on Cardac Radio. And to point you in the direction to find more information about the spirit world around us, you can visit my blog at www.nwspiritism.com. Again, that is www.nw as in Northwest Spiritism.com and if you are ever in the Northwest I certainly would welcome to have you come to our meeting on Bainbridge Island near Seattle in the state of Washington many blessings to all of you and please continue to explore Spiritism and the spirit world around us